Welcome back to Ope. Here's a little marketing for you. I'm Ellen Cernko. I'm Ellie Hicks. And I'm John Young. Each week we talk about how to get the most out of your marketing as a small business or nonprofit organization. And this week we're going to kind of switch it up a little bit. We're not going to necessarily talk about something specific to marketing, um, but it does have to, it does directly correlate to our jobs. Um, So we want to talk about our best tips for working from home in 2023. Um, I think that this is a really interesting topic given the time. Sorry, I'm putting my computer on do not disturb so that nobody bothers me. Um, But I think that a lot of people think there's nothing else to really discuss about discuss when it comes to 2023. But I think working from home has become more controversial now than it ever has been. Like John recently had a meeting with another business owner and he was like, how do you make that work with like a remote team? And John was like, just have the best team ever. It's easy. (laughs) Yeah. Just hire all the best people. And then step two is profit or no step three Mm -hmm. is profit. Step two is question mark. Step three is profit. Literally. Um, so I thought it would just be helpful, um, one, for any customers or potential clients that are listening to this that are wondering about what it's like to work with a team um, for their marketing that is remote, like that may be dialing into a um, client meeting from a different state, um, to learn a little bit more about how we operate. And then two, if you are a company that's considering going more remote or you know, if you're a small business that's considering taking on some more employees remote, then these tips may be helpful for you to just get a better grasp of kind of what it realistically looks like, not like what perfect Instagram influencers make it look like. <laughs> so any initial thoughts? Mm. Mm. No, I no, I we when uh, that person asked me about working, you know, working from home or you know, everyone working from home, I was like, well I've We've always done it this way because I didn't want to pay rent. So yeah. there, there's that. And then you know, my first employee was someone that was in Columbus uh, moving to North Carolina. And I wasn't about to go from zero offices to two offices. That seemed even more dumb. And then, uh, yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, every, no one's lived really close to me. We've only had one employee that lives like within 10 minute drive of me. So it didn't really make sense to have everyone commute to the central office, especially when now two of my employees live in Virginia. One lives in North Carolina, the other one lives an hour away. So it doesn't really make sense for anyone to spend time commuting when I would rather just work where I'm sitting right now and do my work. So, but now I have two offices, so I do commute, but commuting for a different different job. Well, when I move to Columbus, John, I am gonna come see you every single day. That's fine. I mean, you, you've got our Wi-Fi password, so you're more than welcome. Heck yeah. And we have HelloFresh, just... so you can just you can just jump in on dinner. Yeah, perfect. I love that. Without all the costs. Yeah. And Sparrow can make you coffee. That is actually the biggest perk of, Lots of bennies. Yeah, <laughs> coming to sure. your house, yes, is Scarlet's Coffee. Um, I think that that is probably the main question I get when I tell people that I work from home um, or that we are a fully remote team. Um they always ask if that was like because of COVID and it's always, I, I don't know how many times I've had to just tell people, not that it's a big deal, but just like that, that is the conversation where I say like, no, like it's always been fully remote. Like we're a small team. John has never had an office. Um, so it was like remote before COVID. And I guess that was just like, you know, a perk when COVID was a thing that it's like, well, we don't have to really change anything because 
that's just how we're working anyway. But, but yeah, I think that not that they're necessarily confused, but like maybe a little when I say that kind of like that conversation you were talking about Ellen with, um, that other agency, it's like, well, no, like that's their first thought automatically is like, oh, almost like, oh, you guys are still remote from COVID, Mm -hmm. but like, no, we just are always. Yeah. And I think some of it too, and we'll get into this a little bit, is like personality driven as well. Like I've talked to my dad about this a lot because, well, personality and industry driven um, because he's in construction. So like, you know, obviously he can't really like work remote and neither can his guys. Um, But like, you know, depending on the industry you're in and like the personalities that you're dealing with, um, that may determine if it's doable um, as well. Because there are some personalities that like, they'll just admit that they don't do well working from home. Like my dad has talked about that, that like even during COVID, um, like because he owns his office and he was the only one going into the office, he would still go in because he couldn't just like sit at his computer at home and work. He needed to be in his office, but he was still able to, he had the perks of doing it the safe way. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And like, I'll, I'll admit like full transparency, like it was definitely a struggle for me and it still is like a, a, I don't know if I want to say struggle, but it's like a conscious effort to be okay with, you have to actually like put yourself in like a working mode when you're working from home. And that is something that I have always struggled with. Um, but then again, like there, it has its perks too because, you know, you don't have to be in an office with a bunch of loud people clicking their pens and tippity-tapping on their phones. So, <laughs> Yeah, it definitely um, – it would be daunting for me, I think, as a business owner that had control issues or personnel issues of like I need you to be maximizing the amount of work that you do per hour. But to, A, I don't, run, I don't run our company that way. I just assume that you guys are going to get things done when you tell me you're going to get them done. Um, and then B, since we've always done it, it's always been this way. So I don't, I don't really worry about it, but it definitely requires, uh, a lot of effort on the individual to be able to work from home. Um, mm-hmm. we'll, 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 talk about it when we get into it, but it took me a good couple of years to be, I want to say good at working from home, basically walking from my bedroom, my commute being about 10 steps as opposed to 10 or 15 minutes. It took me a long time. Like, uh, but even before Scarlet when I was working at home, like I'd help Kelly get out the door, make her breakfast, make her coffee. Bye. I love you. Have see you later. And then I would either sit at my desk and watch movies while doing a little work, which I still do. As, as I just said, right before we turned on this recording, I was watching a movie, but like, like sometimes I would do like 20 minutes of work in a day. Cause I was just like, I'd be sitting in my pajamas. I'd eat breakfast at my desk, eat lunch at my desk, uh, have a snack at my desk, you know, watch movies, goof off. Oh, I need to get this thing done. Now, granted, I didn't have as much work to do then as we do now. So there's there's that. But it took me a, uh, to take a, a mental shift into this is how I need to prepare for my day. I can't just go sit at my desk and what I was wearing five minutes ago in bed because that is not professional. Like We're doing more video calls now than we were 10 years ago. So there's that, too. Like I can't like get a hop on a video call in my my hoodie, my muggle dad hoodie and go, hey, I'm I'm professional. Give us some money for doing your website. <laughs> I took both of my meetings in a hoodie today, but that's fine. Well, but I think it's, I think it's different. Depends on the client too. Yeah. It depends on the client. Also depends on the hoodie. I think Muggle Dad would work with probably 40% of our clients, maybe more. Uh, A, because they know our personality, but B, it's just, this is whatever. But I think, um, I think there is an importance of um, really spending time figuring out how you work best. Because the benefit of working from home is that you don't need to work eight to four, nine to five. You could work nine to noon 
and then pick up the rest of three to six. And especially if you're uh, at home or you don't have kids or your kids are grown, like you could work late hours. Like you could, you know, you might be work best evening hours. So you might work from like 8 PM to midnight. Cause that might be your, your brain ready time, but it just takes time to figure all that out. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. So this is my second job working remote and my first one, um, I was like fresh out of college. And so I think I ended up approaching that job like I did going to class and like doing homework. And there's something about college where like, like you're never, you're never not going to class or studying or doing homework. Like it's just really peppered throughout your day. Like if you have an 8 a.m. and then you have like a three-hour break and then like you study for a couple of hours and then you have another like night class and then it's like 10.30 at night and so you're like, oh, I have something due at midnight so I'm going to do it then. And then like you get home from the bars and you're like, oh, yeah, like I forgot to turn this in too so I'm going to do that now. And so like it's just like you are constantly a college student while you're in college. And so I took that approach to my job and it was really unhealthy because I I was on 24-7, but I didn't realize it because I thought it was just going to be like college. But your job ends up being a lot more stressful than college um, and you, um, need to, um, you need to submit things at a, a higher caliber the first time around. Um, and there are just different expectations. Um, so my second time around when I went to work remote, I had kind of just like some more strict rules for myself of like you were still going to have like set working hours throughout the day. Um, you're going to like separate like when you're looking at notifications on your phone. You're going to turn off work at the end of the day, um, different stuff like that. Just to, like create that separation instead of just like this constant expectation to be on all the time. I think that's interesting <clears throat> that you – compare it to college. I never thought about it that way. But again, I think and it's one of those things you don't really think is a problem until you like talk about it. But like, I think that that's kind of how I operate. It's like, no, I'm like willing to just do work things at any point in my day. And like, I think I have noticed that sometimes I am more productive in the evening times. That's just like how I personally operate. But I also want to be available like during hours when the majority of my coworkers are available as well as when my clients are working. So like, I think I have fallen into like where I'm sitting here working from like, you know, 830 to four or whatever it is, like I'm available from those times. And then also I'm still like doing some tasks or like writing a blog at 8 PM or like, it, cause I just, I'm like, Oh, well I can just like do that in a little bit after I finish this. And not that I'm working like, you know, I'm not over here saying that I am working 14 hour days by any means, but I'm just, I have like a tendency to spread things out so much and not consciously like put myself into a strict schedule to tell myself like, and not just like about like, oh, optimizing your time and getting your work done for your clients and your teammates, whatever, but like also like mental health wise, like this is like a therapy session now because I'm thinking about it and it's like, when do I actually, when am I actually able to just like turn my brain off? Like, do I ever do that? Do I give myself that opportunity if I'm like working from eight to five? What? My, look, my hours even keep changing Like whenever I'm available. And then like, I'm like, oh, and then like, I'll get this done during the day because it involves like client communication. And then I'll just like write that blog after I eat dinner. And it's like, hmm. But like what I really want to do, what I should do is just like not think about work and like eat dinner and like chill with my cat. But so anyway, yeah. Tim and I talk about that a lot of like 
turning your work brain on and off. And I think that like, I will also say like, I guess just as a disclaimer, I think it's easier to do that as an employee versus like being a boss um, based on growing up in a house with a small business owner and then now working for a small business owner and watching other small business owners. Um, I don't think it's possible for you guys to turn that part of your brain off. Um, But as an employee, I think we have the ability to like practice putting those things into place of like when I can truly just like turn off my work brain. And so Tim and I will give each other like a good 30 to 45 minutes when we get home to like still let our brains race and then like chit chat through work stuff. And then one of us will say to each other like, okay, let's turn off the work brains and let's talk about something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like really hard to do sometimes, especially like if you like your job um, and you enjoy your coworkers and like you enjoy your clients, like, yeah, but I think, like, the issue starts, like, I, I hate to, like, I feel like I'm going to sound like I'm blaming the education system in the United States, but, like, a little bit um, of just, like, this constant, like, like these pockets of time that you just give up throughout your day because you're like, oh, well, I want to be productive with my time. Okay, well, being productive with your time might look like not feeling like you need to work after you ate dinner. Like, you know, sometimes if there's a due date, it happens. Um, but yeah, Ellie, I kind of get into the same thing of like, oh, well, like, um, you know, Tim's going to game tonight or something. So like, I'll just sit there on my laptop and like, I'll like look through this spreadsheet. And then it's like, okay, well, that's using a completely different part of my brain that I already used all day and it's mm-hmm. exhausted. Um, but I just feel like it's so much easier to do when you work from home. Like I remember somebody I was talking to, they said, they were so frustrated because they couldn't access their work email outside of work. Um, And I was like, I don't know. I kind of feel like to some degree that would be a little bit nice because Mm -hmm. then – Not feeling like you had to like keep working. And I mean that kind of opens up a whole new topic, what you were just saying about like our education system but also just like our (laughs) culture. Our culture is that like we are available 24-7 – And that if we don't follow up with you immediately, then there are issues. And that's like personal life too. So like just because I have a cell phone doesn't mean that I should feel obligated to like text you right back when you text me. Unless it's an emergency. I get that. But like I was – I saw – I think it was even like a meme or something of talking about the world before we had cell phones and stuff. And it's like – Oh, no, like if days. you you just would leave the house and like people couldn't like get in contact with you until you like came home and found the message on your messing uh, answering machine. And it's like, man, I kind of wish that I could live in a world like that for just a minute, just where it's like I wasn't constantly available to everybody to just like take pieces of me and like take my time and like I don't know. Again, deeper subject. <laughs> yeah, bringing it back to working from home, that truly is uh, as as the owner in this conversation. Uh, and then, uh, you know, owner and manager of a, of another uh, company that is truly the, the damning part of working from home is that it's, it's right here. Like mm-hmm. if I have an idea that needs to be executed, I just have to walk upstairs to do it as opposed to get dressed, get in the car, drive to the office and do it. So I'm sure if we had Kelly on, she would be fair to lament all the times, all the weekends that I've spent here or, you know, or at the other office doing things that, you know, it would have been better if I got done during the week, but just didn't. There is there isn't really a time where I completely turn things off. Even when we were having our 
in-person meetings in Virginia. I'm thinking about Young's the entire time. So we're having productive conversations on these are some action plans we're doing. And we're also doing action plans at Young's that are completely unrelated to what we want to accomplish. But the parallels are there. So I'm like, we have a good idea here. I'm taking it over there. I have a good idea here. I'm taking it over here. So it's actually multiplied in my head. I have two businesses that I'm constantly thinking about. Uh, but it's you, you said it, Ellen. It's kind of like I like that, though. Like I, en- I enjoy that I'm thinking about these two different companies that I love very much. So it's not like it's not like I'm sitting at the end of the day like, oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have wasted all that time thinking about so-and-so. Like I, I enjoy those things. And I'm glad that we've kind of fostered um, relationships in you guys that you like working with each other and you like doing the things we do. I, I don't want you working 78 hours a week. Uh, I don't want you constantly checking your email because you feel like you have to. And we're, we try to explain that to our clients. Like we're here for you, but we're not here for you 24-7. If you want to pay for someone to be there 24-7, sure, but you're not paying for that. You're paying us like $100 a month to listen to your emails occasionally. So like, if you want to pay us a couple thousand dollars a month to be, you know, have someone reply back to your email all the time, yeah, we'll figure that out. But our, our business is in such a way where it's mission critical at midnight if something goes bad. Like we can just mm-hmm. – we'll figure it out in the morning. What's also funny about these things that we're talking about that can be like – maybe reasons that people don't like working from home are also at the same time the like the perks to working from home like like we've been talking about like we enjoy our jobs we enjoy like the problem solving we enjoy all that stuff what i also enjoy is being able to go for a doctor's appointment at three o'clock in the afternoon and not having to like punch time my card or like get it approved to go out um or like schedule it around everything else um or like um, this might have been a while. How long ago did Scarlet play soccer? Three. It's oh, when we were over here, so three years. Gosh, I was just gonna say the parallel. Of, like, if Scarlet has a soccer game, then you can be like, "Peace out." I'm gonna take my daughter to soccer, and like, I'm gonna do this later. Or like, if you need to take Lola to the vet, then like, you're gonna do that, and like, it's gonna be fine. Or if you want to meet somebody for lunch or go work with somebody remote, like, it's so easy to do that. And um, I think. I think, though, that that also is, like, company culture as opposed to just solely working from home because I That's do know true. that there are some, like, remote jobs where it's, like, okay, no, like, you have to be – like, they, like, track if you're, like, available. You know, like, the jokes yeah, where like you have, like, your, on, your yeah, mouse, like, your moving around. Moving. Yeah. yeah, so, like – Things like that where it's like – it is also like company culture too. But no, I do – that's something that I do really love is – um, yeah. and just like, I don't know, being home. Like especially – I mean Lola's pretty chill. Um, But like if you had like a dog or something like that, like it's nice if you're just here to like – they're not cooped up in the house alone all day. You can take them for a walk, like let them out. You're here with them. Um, I, I haven't decided yet if Lola – loves or hates that I'm here 24 seven, um, to be determined. Um, but I also, to your question, um, or your comment about why people might not work like working from home. It's kind of like what you said about your dad. My dad is the same way. Um, so for an example, at Christmas time, when we were all snowed into my parents' house together for literally only two days, my dad was going absolutely crazy because he couldn't leave the house. I can't even imagine if he worked a remote job because like you get like you're working where you live. So like there's no opportunity to leave the house unless you like make yourself to go do something. Um, So I think that where that can be, like you said, that can be a perk, but it can also be a negative where it's like you're just constantly in the same space and you have to consciously remove yourself sometimes to get 
a new just surrounding or perspective, which again like is the, what uh, I really love. It was like the year and a half of like COVID school where like, oh, uh, it's a snow day. No, it's not. You're going to work from home because now we have this ability to you know, mm-hmm. e-learn. So like the kids missed a, a winter full of snow days because they're like, well, you can just be at school there. Like the teacher can teach from home. You can learn from home, which like we're saying, very positive, but also super bummer. Like mm-hmm. if, if that would happen when we were in school, we would have pitched an absolute fit. Like, I'm sorry. No, Absolutely. No, no. There's, there's there's two and a half inches of snow, which is enough to cancel snow or cancel school in some regions. So that's enough. I'm going to go out and play in the snow. I'm not learning today. We, we'll learn tomorrow. Yeah. We'll be back with that. Today um, I will be building a snowman. Yes. Today I'll be snowmaning. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that's why Kelly, part of the reason Kelly left public school teaching was to, you know, to be available. You know, to, you know, there's, there's so many things, you know, throughout your week, uh, you know, doctor's appointments, dentist appointments that are not there are that are also nine to fives. So like if you're teaching or you're working a job, like, you know, you, you get off at four thirty, so you got to bust butt to get from work to wherever you got to be before they close. Mm-hmm. So like, that's a huge benefit to her. And she actually makes, um, with benefits, she makes a little bit less than she would be public school teaching, but like, that's a huge benefit for her. Like if Scarlett needs a half day to go do something, she can just be off. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's just, you know, she doesn't make money those days because, you know, she doesn't have a uh, setup like we do. If we don't work, we don't make money. Uh, like if she doesn't teach, literally she doesn't get paid. But the the option is there for her to be able to just be out throughout the day or go mm-hmm. get lunch with her other business partner or stuff like that. It, that's, yeah. It's a huge flexibility for her to be able to just you know, work when she wants to, basically. Yeah. I feel like going back to the personality of it, like when I did work at an office and my mom says this is because I'm a second born. Um but that like it was just so frustrating to me to have to ask somebody if I could leave in the middle of the day to go get lunch with my grandma. Like mm-hmm. or like I needed to get it approved to go like pick up something at the pharmacy. And it was just like Or like if you had an appointment that's like gonna you're gonna be a little longer than your set lunch hour. Like yes. I'm gonna be gone for like an hour and a half maybe as opposed to an hour where and then it's like, oh well that's gonna be an issue. Yeah, it gave off big like having to ask to use the restroom in high school vibes. Like it's mm-hmm. like but like I'm a fully like functioning adult. Like mm-hmm. should I have to ask for that? And again, I think Ellie, going back to what you said, part of that is like company culture as well. Cause I have friends that work from home that they're like, no, I would still have to get that approved. Um, but yeah, like I just think like I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, especially as I move into like this season of like motherhood, like I think it's just gonna make that easier as well of like being able to like adjust my schedule based on like, you know, whatever everything looks like for his schedule kind of thing. So mm-hmm. the one thing I'm going to have to be conscientious of that Tim has already told me is he's really worried that I'm going to work a lot during my maternity leave. Um, so here's the thing. So. I thought, I thought I, I put you in a similar boat to Rachel and, you know, yeah. you know what Rachel's plan was with both of her girls and what, you know, I was like, I'll pay for you to be away. If you want to come back, be back. And like, I can pay you in above the, the Hers was a little bit different because she was part-time. Yours, yours is full-time. But like I was in my head, I was like, I want you to be away, but I know you're going to, I know you're going to want to work just because I know your personality type. I wasn't like counting on it. It wasn't like, um, yeah, okay, you're going to be away, even though I'm going to put some things on you that you do. I stayed away from Rachel while she was gone with, with Katie. Like you just, you come back whenever you're ready. Cause at the time it was just the two of us. Uh, she didn't at all for either either kid, which I was. That's good. In the end, I was very happy about because I was like, I, I, knowing you know, going through that as a dad, 
like it was good for Kelly to be away from work and just focus on that because it is the largest transformation you'll ever have in your life by far. Um, maybe the second kid would be more than that, but we're not going to find that out here. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's important to be able to take that time away. Will you check in at times? I'm sure you will, but I, we don't want you to work. We, we might, we might need you here and there. So we do need you to like be, be available. Not, not for regular yeah. times. Like there might be a question. I'm lose my very, number. Okay. Oh my gosh, lose right, well, I guess our don't. plan is um, our JK. plan is changed then. So good luck with that. JK. Now, I'm sure I'll send you guys lots of pictures of baby boy and then also like answer your questions about I almost name dropped a client that I shouldn't name drop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Any hoodles. Any hoodle. Um so moving on, these are some tips that we came up with of working from home. Again, they're more like practical. They're not really all like that fancy schmancy, like what you're going to find, like I said, from an influencer. I don't know why I'm hating on influencers today. They're great people. Um, but sometimes some. I think they present things in a rose-colored glasses kind of situation, um, especially with like work from home setups. Like I'm sitting on like a – I'm sitting in an antique desk with a, a monitor that my boss gave me. <laughs> in like a random room in my house. Cause like that works. There's nothing fancy on my desk and it still works. Um, it's like, you don't need like the thousand dollar desk and the million dollar equipment to do your job. Um, but with that, here are some tips that we have for working from home. Um, the first is kind of company wide. We would recommend having one central communications platform for your team. Um, this kind of goes for whether you work from home or not. Um, but I've watched companies who like, you know, they email with team members, they Slack each other, they ping each other, they text each other, and nobody can ever remember where a conversation happened. Um, so especially when you're working remote and you don't have the ability to just like walk down to somebody's office and be like, hey, uh, what did we talk about with this? Um, we recommend just choosing one tool um, to keep in contact with your team when it comes to work stuff. Um, the second is to set typical working hours for yourself. So again, this may be dependent on the company that you work for. Um, for myself, like I know, and my team knows and my clients know that I'm available from 830 to 430 Monday through Friday, through Friday. Um, I know like Rachel, she works, she has like set hours throughout the week that she's available on like Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays. But then she also has set times just for herself that she's going to be doing things in the evenings where like she's not necessarily available to clients, but that's when she likes to get her work done. Um, and then another tip we had was figuring out what your morning or starting routine is. So I had each of us kind of submit what ours are. Um, so I'll start with mine. I said that if I don't have meetings in the morning, um, I don't necessarily feel the need to get like completely ready for the day. And part of this comes from like pregnancy now as well, because like if I jump right out of bed and I try to take a shower, I'll pass out because my my uh, blood pressure will bottom out. So like there's a fun fact for you if you're thinking about getting pregnant, that can happen. Um, <clears throat> but most of the time, I'll just go ahead and get started working and then I'll leave to like get ready on my actual lunch break. Um, so this really helps me break up my day and give me more energy, like kind of refreshes me for the afternoons. Cause like from like noon to two is really, really hard for me, which 
according to science, part of that is because my like cortisol drops during that time of the day. I love um, that you investigated. I didn't. That, I learned that from a client. A oh, okay. All right. Yes, I learned that from Dr. Libby at Best Life Functional Medicine. Um, she was. She did a presentation on that. Um, so that's why like people talk about like the two o'clock slump. It's literally because like your cortisol jumps drops hmm. out and you get tired. So what do you do to beat that? Um, I normally like take my lunch during that time, obviously, and then also give myself a little bit of grace if needed. Like I'll just work later in the day if I know that like I'm gonna take a longer than an hour lunch, or I'll do something that's like very um like doesn't require a lot of like brain focus. So if it's like um, looking through a spreadsheet or like organizing tasks or um, like drafting emails, those are all things that are really easy for me to do when I don't have a lot of energy. Um, but I won't try to like, you know, write a blog during that time um, or like scheduling out social media calendars or something that's like something wrote. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that being said, every morning I'll sit down at my computer. I always get something to eat and I get a glass of water. Um, and then I'll start through my day with just looking through everything that needs to be accomplished and kind of organizing what needs to be done first. Um, and then I don't let myself have coffee until I finish my glass of water and I, I eat my breakfast. Um, I started doing that before I was pregnant, but now I'm glad that I do. Cause if I have my coffee first, then I just get like really shaky and jittery and it's not good. Um, so that's me. John, you're next. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but I, I used to, you know, get out of bed. Kelly would be out the door by seven or so. And so I would just jammy up at my desk for a little while. And some days she'd come home and I'd still be jammied up. But I felt that that was just not a, like, I didn't feel like I was working. I just felt like I was doing something I enjoyed that I happened to get paid for. So I, I try to get at least, at least something on that looks like quasi-professional. I don't get a suit and tie on or I, I most days I don't even get a polo on, but um, if we're if we're having a client meeting, I do you know get moderately dressed up, depending on the client. Some of our clients don't care. Some of our clients are farmers. If we showed up shirtless, it'd be fine. Well, not you guys. If you showed up shirtless, it'd be very weird. <laughs> but if I showed up shirtless, it'd be fine. Actually, I, I remember we did have one. Um, that's a client now. We had a client meeting where I was walking around the construction site at the at the new dairy store, oh, and yeah. she didn't mind. So this is whatever it is. Uh, but that I felt that was a good step, and just like setting the expectation that I am, am a professional and I am doing professional work. So I should, you know, at least look clothed and not greasy. Um, often I'll try to not sit at my desk until after I've had breakfast, just so I'm not, I'm not setting the expectation. That I'm just going to sit here all day. Um, while I'm saying that my lunch plate is right here. It's right beside me. So it's not always that way, but, um, so, but, um, I mentioned that my, my mind works slightly differently. Like I'm, ready to go with, uh, is it left brain more, more like math and logic tasks? I think so. Okay. Yes. So I'm more left brain in the morning, more right brained, uh, actually when I'm going to bed, which is super helpful because if I'm doing a website late at night, I can bang it out. But also my, my, my right brain is thinking of all the cool ideas that we could do and I'm too tired to actually execute them. So in the morning, I'll typically do a lot of like planning, organizing, uh, budgeting, finance stuff. Cause that's stuff that I can, I can knock out pretty quickly in the morning and then Sometimes that flows into being productive for the rest of the day. Sometimes I just zone out on that and then I do that all day. But I think, I think really like getting dressed <laughs> seems like such a like low bar, but like, I think that really changed after a couple of years of me just kind of slacking. Uh, that really kind of changed my mindset of like, I'm, I'm a, not just because I'm not in an office doesn't mean I'm not a professional. Like I'm a professional, but I, I'm doing it at, at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm somewhere kind of mixed in between there. Um, like, John, I'm like you. Like, if I don't do something to get myself ready, I am not – there's no way I'm going to be productive. Like, it, because I'm not, like, in that mindset that, like, you are at work. Um, there have been days when I've woke up and, like, maybe not felt the best, um, like, had a headache or something, and I've just kind of, like, rolled out of bed, like – right when I want to be like starting work and like just sat here, like came right in here and sat down and started working like without even like washing my face or like brushing my teeth. I'm just like, oh, I got to like get something done. And like that is a disaster and you're just setting your whole day up for failure. Um, so, and I'm not saying like, I'm not putting on, you know, like super nice clothes every day to sit here in my home office, but I have to at least, you know, wash my face, um, fix my hair a little, you know, put a little makeup on. So I don't, I like, I look awake and at least put some clean clothes on. Like you said, John, like it sounds kind of sad to say, like, just get dressed, but like really put clean clothes on, even if that is just another, like a clean pair of sweatpants, that's fine. Um, but just, you know, like it, it just kind of tricks you into that mode. Like, okay, this is actually the start of my day now. Um, and, I'm kind of different. Like I can't eat first thing in the morning. So it's kind of another way of how I like break up my day. So I'll do my little routine of like kind of semi getting ready, sit down and do kind of the administrative tasks. So go through my email, things that might've come in the night before or the weekend, um, plan out my day a little bit, just at least look at and see like what I have coming up, what needs done. Um, try to like knock an easy task out just so that I have that I don't know like that trick of like I checked that off already I'm having a good day um even if it's just something very small and then um get something to eat get coffee whatever it is mm-hmm. um and sit down and start working for the the rest of the afternoon um so but, working for the man and then yeah and then sit down and start working for the man you know how it goes <laughs> um but yeah like I And like I said, like there are days where it's like if I don't feel well or something or I'm just like, oh, I'm just so tired today and I'm going to just sit on my couch with my laptop and do a few things. I I shouldn't even say that that's going to be okay because I know for a fact at the end of the day I'm going to look at it and be like, wow, that was a disaster of a day. I should never have done that. Um, So it's very much – for me, it is very important that I am in some kind of a work setting feeling like I am working, like I'm at work. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll try to give myself on that thought, Ellie, because like <clears throat> I have I have those times too where like I'm like, oh, I just really like to like sit on the couch or something like that. So I try to give myself like a half of a day throughout the week where I let myself like sprawl on my my chair in my um on the second floor of our house and just like work from there instead and like really like slouch and just like mm-hmm. be a little trash panda during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't allow myself to do it a lot because I know that like doing it once, it feels like a treat. And so like I really like am able to focus during that time. But if I try to do it two or three times throughout the week, then the second time I sit down, I'm like, this is not going to go well. Yeah. And I think um, it's to a difference of if you start your day like that versus if it's in the afternoon, you're kind of on your last yes. couple of things and you're just like, you know, I'm going to go sit in a comfier chair and just you have a plan like you know I want to go write this blog and you have your notes already so you just have to sit there and like type it up that's completely different like there has been like there was one day I remember where I just was like so exhausted or like didn't feel well or something and I was I just immediately was like I need to just go sit in my living room 
And I did. And I was like, well, this is never going to work. So like I had to make myself in the afternoon, like after I ate lunch, I was like, go plug that laptop back in, go sit at your desk, get some stuff done. So but sometimes a change of venue helps. Like um, mm-hmm. when I lived on the other side of town, I would often go to, uh, I can't think of the bar in Westerville, but um, I would often go, they have a nice little like tree covered patio. Like mm-hmm. I would just sit there and have either open open meeting hours with the guys that I was in B&I with. Like they'd, they'd stop by and we'd, we'd talk business or I'd just sit there and do work. Like sometimes mm-hmm. like getting out of your workspace, getting somewhere else, like you, have, you still have to be productive there. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that I didn't drink a lot of beers there, but, you know, I also drank beers and got work done. So I wasn't doing like stuff that I have to do. It's like, you know, I wasn't doing uh, brain surgery. Like I was just writing up, writing up content for me. Like I wasn't writing content for clients. So I wasn't, I wasn't drunk and not doing a good job for clients. Like I was drunk and not doing a great job for me, but like, but often <laughs> like even going, even going to Panera, like down the road, like. Wi-Fi is the same. Coffee's mm-hmm. as bad. So like you just go, go there and you could, you know, put your headphones in so you can block every, everybody out. But just like a change of venue kind of opens opens up a new possibility of getting things done. You no, that was going to be one of my things. Kind of office. Yeah, that's that was something I was going to mention. Like that's something I have to do every now and then. Like I get in slumps because I don't have a ton going on outside of like, I don't have things in the evenings. I don't have kids, so I'm not having to leave my house for things. So if I'm not careful, I will look back on my week and ask myself, did I actually see another human being in person this week? Did I speak to somebody? Yeah. And it's like, I panic because I'm like, wow, no, I've been holed up in my house like for seven straight days. Um, And so I think people don't realize how that can really affect you mentally without you actually realizing it kind of subconsciously um because when I get in in that state and I just go um I like to go to Cohatch or Winans um a lot of the times or you know a couple of times a month I used to go co-work with a couple of friends um those would be some of my most productive days because it, and that's when I knew it was like really evident I had to get out of my house and just mm-hmm. be around humans and just have a change of scenery and it that does really help me so you guys are taking that as a negative, like going through a week and not seeing other humans. Like that, that would be just like a net positive. For me. Like I only had to see Kelly and Scarlett all this week. Oh, best week ever. We I used get to it. Talk about that, um, like especially like in the height of COVID, um, when Tim was still going to the office and like getting to like see his coworkers, even though it was from a distance and like masked and everything, he still got to like speak in person with other people. And I remember I had probably too many breakdowns about the fact that the only person that I had seen to and talked to in person in weeks was Tim. And he would come home and he'd be like, I'm so tired. Like, I don't really like want to chat anymore. And I'd be like, you're my only person. Like, you're my only chance. Mm-hmm. So like, buckle up, buttercup, because I have things to say. Uh, That's before but I think you had the domain. Yeah, we have thoughts on that.com. Um, <laughs> so I think that is really important, Ellie, to like, you know, it's it is it is nice to be able to stay at home and like those perks are nice, but then also remembering that like we as human beings are not meant to do life by ourselves. Um, we're meant to be with other human beings, even if it's just like six people working in a Panera at the same time, like just being physically around other human beings, I think is really helpful for your mental health and in turn your physical health because your physical health is very much dictated by your mental health. At least that's what the 
book I'm reading is telling me. Well, I'll take the book's word for it. Yeah. Um, okay, so <clears throat> next tip is to figure out a tool to help decrease your urge to multitask. Um, one thing I actually thought about after I wrote this up is um, I now have an office at our new house, which is really great because at our old house, um, my office was the a corner in our living room, um, which was detrimental to my mental health in case anybody was wondering. Um, but now that I have an office that like during meetings, I can physically close the door um, even though there's nobody else in the house right now other than my cat, it does so much for my focus and like what John you were saying of like knowing that like I'm a professional that like I'm having a meeting, um, what that does. Um, it does have some drawbacks. Like yesterday, Ellie and I were on a client call and um, my office accidentally got overheated and um, my face was beet red during the whole meeting. Which Her was really face funny. was so red. I couldn't focus on <laughs> it was much so else. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, in my defense, I do have 50% more blood in my body right now. So like I just could not get it to go down. But it was hilarious. Um, but – just doing something as little as like closing the door is like fantastic. Um, and then I also mentioned we just started using Harvest. We're just doing like a temporary time audit. It's not going to be like a forever thing because I just don't think we need to like do it forever. And I think it would be like a waste of our time to do it forever. Um, but I am finding it really helpful keeping me focused on one thing at a time um, because I'm really bad at thinking that I can multitask when it's physically impossible for the human being to actually multitask on something that requires your brain for two things. You can do um, like a motor skill. You can do two motor skill things at the same time, but you cannot do two brain things at the same time. Fun fact. Um, and then something else I'll do is I'll typically set my phone to do not disturb during the day. Um, and then if it's not my support request week, um, I'll turn on focus mode in base camp just so that like I'm not seeing all those notifications pop up. Um, cause I'm, I just get too distracted and then I'll just be, be bopping all over the place. And I get so curious there. about oh, support specifically. Like if I see something, I'm like, I just want to know what they said. Like, so I go in the inbox and look, um, or like, I just want to know what this task was and like, that's not good. Cause that'll pull me away from what I'm currently doing. And then I'll, I don't know. So yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, um, I think it's been a couple of years, but time flies when you get old. You, you two will find this out when you get old. Um, but I, I've turned off almost all of my notifications. Uh, I don't get any pop-ups or buzzes when I get an email. Uh, Basecamp only notifies me if, if you at mention me or if it's in something that I'm already in. So it's, um, and I know a lot of people at Young's, we've got Basecamp over there. They're getting like daily emails on like teams or projects they're in when it's nothing to do with them. But just because they're in like the dairy store, dairies, I know they're in the dairy store. None of them listen to this. So this is okay. I can bash on them. I just won't use names because other people, other people that do listen, do know these people. But like, uh, there's one, it's like the dairy store group. So it's all the managers, leaders, and upper level management as well. And I set a meeting just for like five people. And I commented, I put the, in the schedule. I was like, only the people that are in this like specific project within the dairy store team need to be at this meeting. We get in the meeting and there's, 15 people there. I'm like, what are y'all doing here? It's like, well, we got the email that should have come to the meeting. It, was, it said only if you get notified. I'm like, you, you're not, I, I pulled it up. I was like, there's five names, bup, 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 and you're not any one of them. I was like, you can sit here. 
I suppose you can get something from this, but like this is a waste of time setting the groundwork for crimes my gears. But, uh, <laughs> but like I, that was a huge thing for me because like especially when it was just me and Rachel, like there are so many micro notifications that you get throughout a day that it's impossible to do that, manage all those and get your work done. So mm-hmm. I don't do the like, uh, I, I will occasionally do like the focus mode on my phone or in Basecamp, but pretty basically I just, I just don't look at it. Like my, my watch buzzes me if it's a text message from some people, it doesn't if it's most people. Same thing for phone calls. Phone calls come through, but I get so I, I get too many phone calls, but very few. Uh, Basecamp off, email off, anything else off. Like it just, I, my mind does not work in a world where there's so many notifications, and it baffles me. Kelly is that way. She has like all of her notifications on. She's constantly like, "Oh, what's that?" And it's just like someone liked your Instagram post from five weeks ago. Like, why, why, why do you need to look <laughs> at that now? It's not important at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I draw the line. I have notifications on for a lot of things. I don't get like pop-up notifications on my phone from like social media or things that truly just don't matter. And I put in the notes, I've got a a very large screen here and at my other office. And that really opens myself to being multifaceted in what I'm doing. It's often because I've got like a, a big spreadsheet over here and I'm working on something over here or I'm working on a website and I've got the live version that I'm looking at and then the, the dev version on the other side. But as I said, often it's also like a movie in the corner and email and Slack, or not Slack, but email and Basecamp up here. And then you guys on a video call up here. And then my phone's also on a pedestal right here. So I'm, I'm not great. <laughs> I could do better, <laughs> um, but, but I've improved quite a bit over 12 years and I continue to work on improving. 13. This is an intervention, John. Thank you. This whole thing seems like some kind of weird like therapy sessions. So. It is. It's <laughs> yes. therapy light. Yeah. Um, the multitasking thing, it's I'm still figuring it out, honestly. I don't think I necessarily have the urge to multitask. Like I don't want to be multitasking. My brain just doesn't let me like focus on things. Mm-hmm. Which I think is just like an issue in and of itself, which I should probably like seek medical help for. Um, but like, I do truly have like a focus issue. Um, so I'm still working on that. Um, I have a lot of notifications that I've noticed that pop up on my computer screen. Um, and I don't think I like necessarily set it up that way. I think I just wasn't paying attention when things say like, oh, allow notifications. And I'm just like, sure, whatever. Um, so I didn't purposefully set this up. I just, it just is happening. So I get anytime... I'm notified on anything from Basecamp. I get like the little scroll, like whatever, pop up on my computer screen. That happens for emails, um, things that matter, like a a meeting reminder, which is helpful. Um, Or just like other things that pop up on my computer screen, which is really bad because that will always pull my focus and I'll wonder. And again, like we talked about Ellen, especially if it's some kind of a support request or something, really anything that I don't necessarily need to look at right now, but because I know the notifications there, I have to look at it. I have to go see what it was. Even if I tell myself, oh, I'm not going to worry about that right now, or I'm not going to deal with that yet. I just want to see what that person said. It still, that just took me completely out of what I was doing. And I completely changed focus. You guys, you guys catch me doing it every once in a while. I'm sure like as a support task, because I've got it. It was one of my little icons over here on my on my one screen, like I see a support email come, I'm like, oh, what are they saying? I'm not doing anything in support unless you guys tell me to do something in support. I'm just mm-hmm. curious. 
But like, mm-hmm. that's the that's the thing. That's why notifications will get you because they make yeah. you feel that it's important and they make you feel that everything that you get a notification about is equal importance. When like, yeah. like my dad, his, he gets a, uh, one of those pop-ups in this corner for every email he gets. Mm. And he, he has the generic cows at youngsdairy.com email. So not only does he get a, an enormous amount of spam, like he gets a bunch yeah. of things that aren't not even not important, but not important right now. So like, I'll be talking to him and then he has the sound on too. Which you know, we've we've talked about that. But he'll get a ding on his on his watch. He'll get a ding on his phone. And he gets a ding on his computer when he gets an email. So I'm trying That's to have a conversation about something. Much. Ding ding ding, and like he looks at the screen. Oh, it's from CNBC. Not important. Then back to like, okay, let me restart that sentence because I know you weren't paying attention. Like it's I don't know how I don't know how people operate that way. I yeah, Especially I'm not no so bad. Though. Like I don't have. I don't have like so many things going on, like notifications popping up that it is that bad. If I get notifications, it's not dinging me 15 different times in different places. Um, But yeah, notifications, huge issue. So tip, maybe just turn some of those notifications off so that you can actually focus because nine times out of 10, it is not that urgent or important for you to know right then and there. And I think that's what kind of falls into scheduling out your day. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm mentioning this before or you already mentioned it, Ellen, no, but I think I read – No, this is fantastic. Keep going. I read somewhere that you wrote that you actually will consciously pull time out of your day to look at your email. Like you're like, oh, it, mm-hmm. I'm going to look at every – like all of my emails at this time. Um, and I think that that might be my issue is because of the two screens, half of the time – sometimes it's very helpful to have two monitors if you're working on – website updates or something where you need the text over here and you're working over here or you have spreadsheets, whatever. But most of the time what I'm doing is not really necessary to have two monitors. So in my left monitor is always just my email right there. So anytime there's a new email, I see it. Even not even the notification. It's just I'm in my inbox. So I see everything. And I think even that just being there is such a distraction. Um, So I really like... uh, and I can't remember where you said it. I think it was somewhere in the notes for this episode, but you mentioned that you something about you aren't like always in your email or something, or you set aside mm-hmm. specific times to check your email. Yeah. We uh, and I feel Ellen like I I during really, our oh sorry, go ahead, Ellen. Oh, I think I was gonna say the same thing that you were. Um I feel like I am really good about that when I'm not on support for the week, but when it's my support week, um, I'm terrible at it. Um, because I will like, like, I'll be really good about just checking it in the morning, but then like, I just constantly have support open, like in the other window and like John and I were talking yesterday and he was like, well, can you just like look at it and then like realize it's not urgent and then like come back later and do it later. And I was like, no, like, especially cause I know at that point it's going to take three or four minutes. So like, I'm just going to do it then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it ends up being more than three or four minutes because then it pulls me out of whatever I was trying to focus on. And then I have to get my brain back into it. Same. Um, yeah, we, so, um, when we were, when Ellen and I were talking yesterday, uh, I brought up Jack Dorsey. So he's the founder of Twitter and also founded Square. And I read a, I don't know if it was a book or an article or it was just talking about how he managed being CEO of two massively big corporations. And he basically broke his week up into like Monday's a marketing day. Tuesday is an accounting day. Wednesday is a logistics and product development day. So like he only did specific tasks on specific days. And so that's how he was able to do two companies work at the same time. So Hmm. when I was, when I felt really organized in my life, I I was doing things like that. Like I wasn't like breaking my 
day up in these chunks. But I was like, well, for the next two hours, I'm only going to work on planning or invoicing. For the, ne- the next two hours after that, I'm only going to work on this design project. Um, so doing doing that, I I think, and it probably depends on the person's mind. To me, that helps you say, I'm only going to do this task for this amount of time, and then I can break into other things. But I know you mm-hmm. guys are doing eight different clients work on any given day, plus you're one of you's monitoring support every day. So it's going to be difficult to do that. But that's kind of how I felt um, less chaotic uh, at the time when I felt less chaotic. I'm trying to get back into less chaotic mode right now. We'll, fingers crossed we'll get there. This is a conversation with Flash. Did you guys just hear my ankle pop? I heard a pop. I feel like I definitely heard something and I didn't really like recognize it as a sound that it was my ankle and it was horrifying, relieving, but a terrible sound. Um, As as Scarlett said the other day, because her back was hurting, she said, getting old is no fun. So she's with you. By the way, she's eight. So yeah. Yeah. Um, John, on that kind of what you were saying, I'm really looking forward to in the coming months, like because of my maternity leave and just as Sheba gets more into like the intricacies of our team, we're going to work her into support. So there'll be like two months before I go on maternity leave. And then when I come back from maternity leave, that we'll have three of us in the support rotation, which means that you'll get a full two weeks without being on support. And I just think, like, I love being on support to some degree because it's that, like, immediate satisfaction of, like, solving a problem for a client, which is great. Um, And I love just, like, getting to be in communication with clients anyway. Um, But the weeks that I don't have support or don't have, like, lingering support tasks that roll over from the previous week, I just get so much more done um, Mm -hmm. because I'm not being pulled in a million different directions. Um, we can probably get so to yeah, the point where, as you, as we get to that, uh, where you guys plan those weeks differently. Like you say, yeah. well, the, here are things that I can do while being distracted by support. So I'm going to plan those things to get done on this week yeah. while I'm on support. So it's, cause it's difficult to do that because of two weeks of every month, you guys are one of you is on. So mm-hmm. you can't, yeah. you can't jump that ship. So it, uh, that'll probably be a really added benefit. I don't know if Sheba's going to be as happy about it as you two are, but. We'll all make it make it work. Listen, I have well, to make think- one note about support, though. I complain a lot about it just because, like you said, Ellen, like it'll pull my focus away from other things, and then it takes up a lot of time. Um, sometimes, if my job was solely to do all of these support tasks, I think I would love my life. I like I like doing the support tasks for some reason, but I don't like that it pulls my focus away from things that I have to get done for clients. Yes, no, I I hear what you're saying because it's like a completely different like. Um, job focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like it's one thing like if I if I know that I'm going to switch from like project managing our team to writing content for a client, like those are things that I can chunk like what John was saying. Um, but it's not as easy to do that with support. Um, but John, you bring up a good point. Like Ellie, Jess, and I have talked a lot about how like the last like week and a half of every month is just like psychotic for content creators and for account managers because our work is very cyclical. Um, So we may be able to get in, like keeping in the back of my brain, we may be able to plan it out to where like Sheba is on the last week of the month because her work is, is it goes on a much longer cycle than ours does um, to have like those, those big pushes to get a psycho live. Um, So good thought. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I have good thoughts sometimes.com. We have thoughts on the (laughs) 
Um, so we have just a couple of other kind of small recommendations that we get, that we guys, that we have learned over the years. Um, and then we'll get into what grinds John's gears this week. Um, one of the biggest things that I've learned is to leave my job at the end of the day. So we kind of talked about this already, but, you know, completely turning off your computer, closing the door to your office, turning off work notifications, and then giving yourself time to transition um, since you don't have that, like, commute that you used to have. I just heard Lola. Hi, Lola. (laughs) We're podcasting Lola. Yeah, don't you know? She want to be a guest? Um, Gosh. So, like, sometimes my transition will literally just be, like, shutting down my computer and then still sitting at my desk but just, like, scrolling through TikTok for 15 (laughs) minutes. Um, But, like, that helps me get out of, like, my work zone. Or, um, like, something I really like to do is, like, um, something around the house that's, like, productive but doesn't necessarily take any brain power. So, like, I'll go um, put a load of laundry in or I'll unload the dishwasher um, or like I'll I'll pick a room up or something, and like that kind of helps me transition into like then being a potato of worthlessness in the evening because that's what I like to do with my evenings. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can, lady. I will. It's great. Soak I love it. it. I'm just gonna keep um, enjoying it as the days go also, on. Also, if one more person tells me to. Um, enjoy my sleep and like get my sleep while I can. I might punch them. Yeah, it's not a thing. (laughs) Also, um, there's a fully formed tiny human that is kicking me constantly. (laughs) So I just get sleep when I can. And it's never going to bank up. Can't take it with me. Um, Here's something you will get though, and this is primarily while you're on leave, is you will get like midday nap time. Theoretically, if your kid's a good napper, like, you, you know, you'll, you'll want to feel like you want to do something, but then you'll also be like, you know what? I'm not going to do laundry. Uh, I'm not going to clean those bottles. I'm going to take a nap for could be yes. 30 minutes, could be two hours, but whatever it is, I'm going to do it. I will say while we're having our therapy session, um, that was some of my days in the first trimester when my body was literally trying to kill me. I'd be like, I'm going to lay down for 45 minutes <laughs> and everything will be okay. Yeah, so I other perks of working from home. What? I docked you appropriately for those naps. Time thief. I, I have the, uh, key logging on all your computers and you just didn't know it. So, But no, that is like, okay, again, talking about a perk of working from home, like with how much I had to flex when I worked during my first trimester, I think I would have had to take like a an absence of absence of leave. A leave leave of, of absence. absence. There we go. A leave of absence <laughs> if I like worked in an office because like I was working at the most strange times whenever like I wasn't nauseous or dizzy or like feeling like I, I was gonna die. Um, and like you again, part of that is company culture, but also a lot of that is working from home that like I literally took a call with a client and I didn't have my camera on and I was laying flat on my couch. Um, you can't do that in an office. <laughs> it's frowned upon. Um, so yeah, there's another another perk. Um, couple more tips. Um, this is really one that I push and I don't know how much the rest of my team likes it, but they have to pretend to like it, but encouraging quick chats with team members over the endless messaging back and forth. This is actually something we talked about in our in-person meeting, um, last week as well. But if a conversation is going to take more than like five to seven messages back and forth, 
just hop on a call because the amount of time that you're going to spend having to try and multitask, having that conversation with whatever you were doing is going to end up taking you more time than if you just hopped on a call for three minutes, figured it out, and then moved on with your day. Um, And then also give yourself an audit at the end of the day or week. This is actually something um, my parents instilled in my brother and I when we were kids and I've just continued to do throughout my life. Um, but it's asking yourself, can I hang my hat on today? Um, recognizing that it's okay if the answer is no, but then trying to identify, okay, well, why do I feel like I can't hang my hat on today? Um, and then just asking yourself some questions like, did I get pulled in a whole bunch of different directions? Um, was there a distraction in my working environment that I need to remove? Was I feeling tired? Do I need to take a day off just to like recoup and let my brain rest so that I can, you know, come back feeling refreshed? Um, and just kind of like just check in with yourself, um, you know, just like you would with like a friend or a partner or something like that, just like ask yourself like, hey, are you doing okay? And if you're not, um, then like giving yourself the grace to like not be okay and figure out kind of what you need to do to at least get yourself back to like a state of being able to function. Um, Because I don't think every single day you need to feel like you are 150%. Um, But I think just like checking in with yourself regularly is a really good way to like Balance your mental health, whether you work from home or not. Um, well, and also like documenting, like I, I like the, the hang on a hat uh, philosophy, but also like plan out your day ahead of time. And these are all the things that I'm going to feel accomplished if I get all these things done today. And if you do all yeah. those things by two o'clock, take a mental day, take a mental afternoon for yourself if you can. Yeah. Uh, or here are all the things I want to get done this week. And then I got done with my stuff on Monday a little early. Maybe I can dip into Tuesday a little bit or dip into Thursday yeah. or Friday a little bit, and knock all those things out a little early. But documenting why you weren't as productive as you wanted to be today. Uh, what time did I, you know, not documenting like every second of your life. Like, well, I sat down at 9.02. Usually I'm at my office by 8.30. I had two cups of coffee instead of one. It's probably not that stuff. It's probably something more major. But it's like when you go to a, like a nutritionist, they have you food diary. Like, why are you having whatever issue that you came to see me? It's like, oh, it's because I'm eating pasta eight times a week. Like, that's probably why I'm feeling a little, a little carby. Um, so, but documenting those things, whether it's uh, just subconsciously or like literally on a piece of paper or a journal, like that will help you become more productive. That The idea of us bringing a harvest in to track our hours isn't so like Ellen and I can keep track of like, make sure everyone's doing what they should be doing in the time they should be doing it. But it's, it's, it's going to be a lot more self uh, kind of self-realizing, like I'm spending too much time on this. I, I should be able to knock this out faster, or I should be able to um, use my weekly time allotment a little bit smarter if I do things this way. So seeing how we do things can make it better for us and the clients, theoretically. Yeah. Or even recognizing where we're letting things slide too much. Um, like we've talked about one of the things that like John started Shout Out Design with and that we've built up over the years is like our um, dedication to customer service. Um, with that, we've maybe gotten too lenient in some areas and like we maybe are like being a little bit taken advantage of in some areas, but we just assume like, Oh, it's okay. Um, but you know, it's like finding that balance of like, Oh, it's a business as well. Like it does in fact need to make money. (laughs) So yeah, it's just like keeping, keeping all those things in mind. Like at the end of the day, you are like a human being that like 
should be given the space to function like a human being and not a robot. Um, but sometimes doing those check-ins that you would do with software um, can also help as a human being as well. My last one was just to eat and drink water at typical times and give yourself breaks when possible. Um, my husband's really bad at this. He will like not drink water for like five hours straight. And then he'll be like, why does my head hurt? And I'm like, I don't know, genius. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, so we got him a reusable water bottle that he now takes to work with him. And it's his emotional support water bottle and he loves it. Um so figure out what's going to work for you just to make sure that you like, – I don't think people understand the power of staying hydrated, but it's really, really important, especially when you work from home. Giant water bottle. Cheers. Cheers. Yes. Yeah, Scarlett so was in a real bummer attitude. I think it was two days ago. Um, and like she has – most of her water bottles are like, you know, six, eight inches tall. But she's got like a Harry Potter one that's like twice as that. And so the, the benchmark for her when she's at school is to drink one of those small ones a day and then refill it by the time she gets home. That's mm-hmm. plenty. That's not enough water for her, but it's enough water while she's at school. The Harry Potter one, all she needs to do is finish it. And so I opened it up and there was like, you know, like maybe three slurps of water taken from it. I was like, did you fill this up and then just drink a little bit of the next one? She's like, I don't think so. And like she was feeling like tired and sluggish. She's like, that's because you are dehydrated, my love. Like you need to drink all of this water until until dinner time, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have some more yes. water before you go to bed. You are you are slowly killing yourself. I didn't say that. that, that yeah. <laughs> Probably shouldn't say that to the to the eight year old, but yeah. She's pretty mature. She can she <laughs> yeah, can handle big concepts. Like she that. can handle it. So, yeah, big concepts. Yeah, no, I do think it's really like, and even like John, what you were saying about trying not to like eat at your desk too. Um, And that was something, again, I don't think is specific to like working from home because I was really bad about my last office job because everybody else in the office ate lunch at their desk. Mm -hmm. And so I would too. And so like like a weird expectation that you just didn't take a lunch break. Yeah. But like I would – like we would all – we were all expected to like clock out and then I would just go sit at my desk and eat the most depressing lunch and then like clock back in. That is not a break, my friends. Um, so I do yeah. like the idea of taking breaks. I, I did that for a while where you'd, um, you know, you set a timer and focus on this task for 50 minutes and then whether you were done or not with it at that 50 minutes, you got up, took a walk, go to the bathroom, get more water, get a snack, do something, do a lap around the house. So like that, that stuff does help. And it def- definitely breaks up your day. If you're sitting at the same place for weeks on end, like Ellie, if you're not seeing anyone for a week, like just setting time and just like you know, your neighborhood isn't quite conducive to doing like a lap in, but you know, just <laughs> not, not that it's shooty. It's just not like not, a, not a, a rotational, like you can't just like, you're just going to walk down a weird road and then walk back. So it's kind of weird, but like all that stuff yeah. can break up your day and like kind of just restart your brain for the next hour. So those are all mm-hmm. good things to do. It's just how your, however your brain works. There was a week where I would take breaks throughout the day and go jump rope outside because it was like a way to like be active and also go outside and also just take a quick break. That only lasted a week though. Like I'm okay. not like health and wellness over here. I wish it lasted longer because it, I think it would have been really good for me. Yeah. I don't know why it didn't. Um, it's good cardio. But there's only like – there was like one spot that I could do my jump roping at my house because – and it was just on like the little tiny sidewalk from my back door to my garage because you can't jump rope in grass because the jump rope will get caught. And mm-hmm. my driveway is gravel, and I don't know how well that would be. I think I could probably do it in my driveway, but then everyone can see me. So it's like, it's I don't weird. know. Yeah. I think that's why I was like, eh. 
That's one of those physical like, activities you don't necessarily want people watching you. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't want people watching me. Jump Almost rope. like the, the also, rope tugging at the gym is also kind of weird. Like I want to yes. want to do that at five a.m. when no one else is there. The rope yes. tugging. The, 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 oh yeah. We're making a visual for everyone that can see. Yeah, you can you can tell how much I go to the gym because I call it the I rope feel, tugging. Yeah. The same way about the about the row machine. Like I love rowing, but I always just feel really awkward when I'm doing it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Like and I also literally have uh, a treadmill that I bought specifically for this desk that could go onto the mm-hmm. desk so I could walk on the treadmill while I worked. And it's folded up in the corner. I saw it. I well, thought about getting one it's of those flat. and then I knew I wouldn't use oh, it. Oh, it's just like so. a flat thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah it's made to, made to go under a desk, but it okay. has sat in that. I think I've used it twice since we moved in here. Wow. Love that. Yeah, even, but even yeah, with the mom's got Scarlet on making fun of me about it too. She's like, are you ever going to get this Excellent. thing out? Thanks. Aww. Thanks, love. With the taking breaks too, I found most of my days have meetings in them now. Like normally, the only day that I get away without meetings is like Mondays. Um, but what's really good for me is I t- if I take like five or seven minutes after a meeting to let myself just like bleh with my yeah. brain. Like I'll, I'll just get up and like walk away from my desk or like go snuggle Marge or something. Um, just because like if I try to like go right into either recapping that meeting or like moving on to something else. Like my brain is just going way too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might not be like always set, but like maybe you're somebody that like has a lot of meetings or like um, just like whenever you kind of like complete a task, then you can be like, okay, give myself two or three minutes, go fill up my water bottle, like go walk up I like and down to do the that. stairs, like something yeah. like that. Check like when I complete off, something. Yeah. yeah. I like will walk around for a second and then come back yeah. and like it is, that is very helpful. Do a little shoulder shake. Go get a, uh, yeah. a popsicle. I found out that the chocolate popsicles that I bought are only 40 calories. They only have two grams of sugar and they have a gram of protein. So it's basically a health snack. Yeah, those popsicles um, are good. They're so delicious. Yeah. On Sunday, I needed them. So I got them Instacarted to my house because <laughs> I didn't want to leave. So I got those and then I got Neapolitan ice cream. Mm. It was so good. We had some last night. It was delicious. Rick would get Neapolitan ice cream. This is my father-in-law. Uh, because each of the other three grandkids prefer chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry. So he'd get <laughs> Neapolitan so they could just scoop <laughs> scoop out of their Sorry. third. Scoop whichever one they wanted. <laughs> That's funny. And then he's he's stopped getting uh, those types of ice creams because they just say frozen dairy dessert on the front. Probably because the FDA said this isn't ice cream. And I found mm. it. I found it appalling that he would. I, he doesn't have to have Young's ice cream in there, but at least get some ice cream. So if it says frozen dairy dessert, that means some government agency said this is not ice cream. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's concerning. Yeah, I don't like that. On and that that's note, what my gears. Any <laughs> other tips on working from home? I think we covered a lot. We did. Yeah. All right, John. Rook grinds your gears. I, I know we don't like to go back over topics that we've already ground our gears on, but this is a topic that's kind of kind of parallel to a group, um, the one that I brought up a while back, which is, you know, wasting time in meetings. Because I think um, I think we've grown a culture here that we we like meetings if they make sense. Because uh, meetings can be very productive. And so they do have a place. I'm not saying all meetings suck. What I'm saying is, does that meeting need to happen? Could it have been an email? So I've got five, five examples of meetings that could have been emails. Mm. One, getting feedback. If we're going line through line uh, over a document, like that's not a meeting. That could be an email. 
so instead, you could post a document like in a Google Drive somewhere. So we could go over that document internally, and then we could have a discussion point on said topics as opposed to like, my dad does this. And again, he doesn't listen, so I'm okay to do this. When we have our meeting every two weeks uh, for leaders, he will post that agenda ahead of time. And he's gotten better at it. I will give him credit. But for a while, he would just read the bullet points. So there would be anywhere from 15 to 20 higher level management people that are all getting some level of salary or high level paid hourly watching the the chief ice cream dipper read through an agenda that we already had. Well, that's what we realized we were doing in our team meetings. Like that's why, um, and we, I'll still sometimes do it like just to make sure I'm not missing any updates. But most of the time when I go through like that top document, it's only like me adding to something that's not written down. And then we realized that each team member was writing down their things beforehand and then just relaying them in the meeting. So we had everybody start con- starting to submit what they were going to say in advance. And then, you know, our team meetings are actually conversation-based instead of people just talking at each other. Mostly conversation-based. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I just talk at you guys still. So, but, so that, that. that would be one example. Things that, um, you know, if it's, if it's a list of like agenda items, like send them out beforehand and then we can have discussions on them as the meeting if we need to have a meeting on it. Two, status updates that don't require action. So like, hey, I got this done. Like I'm updating you on where we're at on this project. Uh, that could be an email. If more clarity is needed, then we can have a phone call. But that doesn't require like everyone to be present for like, this is where we're at in this project. I can say to so-and-so, CC so-and-so, this is where we're at in this project. Send. Meeting over. Boom. Done. Go on with your day. Three, just sharing information. Like I don't need to get everyone together for me to share information that is just one-way communication. It doesn't require any of your input or feedback. Uh, I, I will say the one exception would be is if something like something's coming that's bad. Like, ooh, I, I, you know, this client told me that they're going to be leaving in the next six months. Like that doesn't require necessarily your feedback or input. But it is something that would be require conversation about or would be bad. I wouldn't want to just throw that in an email. Like, hey, bad news. Our second biggest client is just going, yeet. Like I wouldn't just say, no, oh, and move on with your day. Like don't, we don't need to talk about it. It's just going to happen. So that would be one thing uh, that would maybe warrant a, uh, a meeting. Uh, number four, no clear goals or outcomes. Don't have a meeting just because you need to have a meeting. Like this is why we're having this meeting is to get this outcome or these are some goals that we're going to set. So if you don't have a clear objective, goal, or outcome, or even an agenda, don't have a meeting without an agenda either, uh, do more work before you schedule that meeting. And <laughs> last, if there have been no changes, like if this is a regular meeting and there have been no changes to the reason that you're having this meeting, is there a reason to have a meeting? Quiz? Quiz? Answer, no. no. Answer is no, <laughs> and that is correct. Ding, 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 ding. Woo! If there hasn't been any updates, send that email. i say, you know what? Uh, working on it, but there's no real updates. We'll we'll meet next week instead. Everyone that gets that email is going to be like, that was the best call you've ever made. Because mm-hmm. no one wants to sit in a meeting, set up the time, get all gussied up, get out of their PJs, get their makeup <laughs> on for the Zoom call. And then the whole call is 10 minutes long because oh, I don't really have anything. I just figured we'd go ahead and meet since it was on our calendar. Or you just That's, like go over things that you already have gone over, you right. know, 15 times. Yeah. Like, I know I'm more introverted than all of you, but like if I have an, if I have a, I almost said an appointment with a friend, if I have a, <laughs> if I have something on the calendar to go out with friends or even it's Kelly and I going out with uh, like another couple. Uh, and then like th- that afternoon they say, ah, we can't make it. Sometimes I'm bummed, 
But most of the time I'm like, sweet, this is blocked out time that I wasn't going to do anything else. Now I can do whatever I want instead. Uh Or maybe like her and I still go out. So having something on your calendar that gets canceled, 99 times of 100, that's a positive thing. So if there's no reason to have that meeting, just boop, boop, cancel it off. Uh And those are five tips within what grinds my gears of why you should have emails instead of meetings. Agreed. Love it. I want to add something, but I'm trying to figure out if it's too sassy. It's you not. Can be sassy. Be sassy. Sass it up, girl. Sass. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sass. I guess my other. Ooh. I think in most meetings, somebody should be there to take notes. Like that's probably like a good rule of thumb. But I don't think, like, if there are notes that you could have written down in advance and then sent to the person, um, that is much better than expecting the person that you want to have productive conversation with to then also write down notes of everything that has been discussed because going back word to, for word like if you yeah. like if they're wanting something specific yeah you're exactly right like if you want something specific and you're just expecting me to pull that out of your words and write them down while i'm trying to listen to everything you're saying yes yeah, you already had those thoughts like if we're having an open discussion on a certain specific topic and things are coming up that's what i'm taking notes on that's what other people on the yeah. team are taking notes on but if it's thoughts that you already had get them down and then yes. send yeah, them because them. you already had the chance to process those things. I did not. So now I have to process your original thoughts while also talking through like the active conversation and then also writing down the notes that you expect me to take. And then process them after. So like yes. it's almost uh, – I know this is very very niche topic to go to, but like this is the reason that we changed the how you order ice cream at Young's because when uh, when we had the ticketing system, so you would go to the – work your way through the counter or through the line. Uh, you get to the person. The person would say, hey, I can help you, hopefully, instead of uh, I can help anyone. Hey, you know, can I help you? Not, I can help someone. I can help whoever's next. Specific eye contact. I can help you. So you come up. Uh, they would write your order down, uh, usually like shorthand on the back of a ticket, the back of another piece of paper. Then after you're done ordering for your family, they'd open up another ticket, mark down whether it's a one dip or a two dip or a bowl shake or a sundae, hand that ticket to the person, the customer, the customer would go down to the end of the counter. The person that was ringing up would take the ticket from them, ring up the items, then charge them for it. And then the person that took the order would bring you ice cream. So essentially you're dealing with your order three times. The, the ticket, the, the, uh, the dipper is writing it down shorthand so they can go back and make the order. They're writing it down on the ticket and then it's getting rung up as opposed to now where the, you just go up to the cashier and say, this is what I want. And then someone goes, makes the ice cream and delivers it. So it's, 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 it's just efficiencies. Like, is, yes. that, is that the most like romantic way to get your ice cream to you? Probably not. But is it is it more efficient? And does it really matter in the end whether the person that took your order is the person that makes your ice cream? Almost never does it really matter. Only if it's like a yeah. specific thing like, hey, I have a nut allergy. So and then we get another three gallon out. Or I want, the, I, want, I want to make sure that the chocolate is on bottom and the vanilla is on top. We can add those notes. The person can do it exactly the way you want. So we get comp- we get uh, complaints a little bit about that, but just efficiencies and processes. Like if you know how you want to get it done, let us know how you want to get it done, and then we can process that information in the meeting. Even 
Like even if you send it like five minutes before the meeting, give me a time to read over it and then have some thoughts and questions. That's a productive meeting. You telling me what's already in your mind is not a productive meeting. Yes. Like, and I love that example, John, because like you took, you know, the experiences that you guys had already had, and then you, you took that expertise from the experiences and you optimized the process to be as efficient as possible. So it's not like you guys just did that just to like make it easier for youngs or whatever. Like you, you made it that way because it's going to ultimately be the best process where the least amount of things are missed. Um, and I feel like that's a good segue into like sometimes when we're working with clients, um, we may present a way that we process information or just like um, the protocol that we have in place for um, a project. I think the most like common one is getting feedback on the first draft of a, of a website or the second draft of a website. And what we always say to clients is we're going to send you the link you guys are going to be able to take in that draft all on your own. And then we would like for you to put together one single document with the changes and edits and questions that you have per um, page. So it's organized by URL. Um, The reason we do that is so that nothing gets missed. So the alternatives are, you know, random people just sending us emails whenever they have changes. Um, And then, you know, it's the expectation that one, we're constantly in our email, making sure that we don't miss something and what can end up being, you know, like 20 or 30 (laughs) emails long in a thread. Um, And then something will ultimately get missed because we're human beings. Or what also happens during that time is you'll get conflicting things from different team members on your end. And then we don't know which way we're supposed to go. Um, or if you try to send us the edits by having a meeting and just talking us through the edits that you had, then, um, a lot of the times, you know, like what we've been saying, you know, you're, you're wasting your time because then you have taken the time to one, write down the, the changes and two, say to us exactly what the changes were. So you've, you doubled your time on that when you only needed to have it one, um, and then two, like having the expectation that we are going to sit down and like write, write down everything that you are thinking in your brain. Um, it's just not conducive. So again, it's not, um, or it's not efficient. Like it's not because we're trying to make our lives easier. It's because we've figured out these other processes are what result in things being missed, um, or projects taking longer. Um, and also a lot of times that the, the client thinks it's going to be like a really time intensive change isn't. So like, oh, yeah. I didn't want to throw this on you, but like if it's like a change of a color on a button or change the, like even changing the font site wide can be like two clicks. So like if it's, send us what you got. Some of these things might take forever. Some of them might take five minutes. So if you send those changes, like even the morning of a meeting, like it's possible that our developers would be able to make most of those changes before the even meeting. So then we can have a conversation in the meeting about, is this what you wanted? Is, you know, you said you want it to be a different color or the button to be more rounded. Like, is this what you meant? As opposed to, okay, we'll get that. And then we have to have another email, another meeting discussing whether those change. Like, we could just make all that in one one process. Or even, like, I mean, you guys might have mentioned this. I might just be saying it in a different way. But, like, actually, I think this is what Ellen just said. But I was just specifically thinking of one situation where Ellen and I both have been on these meetings with a client. And, like, we're something as simple as, like, we were doing just – interviews to get content for the website creation so that we could write content and we were just going to have an interview. And she sent those questions beforehand so that they could, if they had anything additional they wanted to add or had any questions about something that we were going to be talking about, 
they could add that and that would be like a whole chunk of time that we wouldn't have to spend in that meeting where they say, hey, wait, actually, or like after the fact, if they're like, oh, we realize we never really talked about this in the meeting. So let's mm-hmm. have another meeting. So it it just, I don't know. There's so many reasons why it's good to just, yes, most of the time send things in an email, have written documents. Um, mm-hmm. And then chit chat about them if you if you need to. Like once you've read through it and you're like, oh, I have questions that are going to, like what I said earlier, take more than, you know, a few messages back and forth okay, now let's hop on a call. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's just more about like being respectful of other people's time um, and knowing that like people are processing things at different speeds. Um, most people don't have the ability to process what they're hearing and then also come up with a solution all within like the same moment. <laughs> um, like I need a good like hour or so with information to really be like, okay, yes, like this is what I want to do or this yeah, is what maybe I one of my most used phrases might be like, I'll get back to you on that. Cause like I want to yeah. sit and think about it for a second before I give you an answer. Cause I don't want to also have to turn around and say, Hey, I was wrong when I spoke <laughs> I in the was meeting. So wrong. Like I was yes. so wildly wrong or like I misspoke or whatever. Like, so like literally all the time, I'm just like, if I'm thrown information or questions, I'm like, let me sit with this for a second and I will follow up with you because I don't want to give you an answer right now and, and basically sound stupid and have to, you know retract it so agreed agreed look at us agreed back in the saddle again we went an or hour and nor. a half <laughs> or, or nor we went way yeah, we were time. more efficient with our time beforehand but then um we had a really we had a mega episode yeah well this was literally a therapy session so thanks for everyone sticking with it and listening to us basically just uh you know, go through therapy, but I think there were some helpful things in it. There were some helpful things. It was helpful for me. And so, yeah, hopefully. (laughs) And really that's all that's important in my life is that you two are happy. Plus, Jess. so, I mean, if we have to do, if we have to dedicate a podcast to making you guys feel better about stuff, I'm okay with that. That's, that's a great investment of time. Okay. Excellent. That's a, that's a meeting that should be a meeting, not a meeting that should be an email because you can't do therapy via email. No, you can't. It's true. Doesn't work out. BetterHelp does have like a, like texting, but I just don't think that would be. A I don't great think that that's good. Sesh. No, mm-hmm. huh? Like I could see doing like the virtual, but like the uh, the text only would be like. I know you're helping other people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're helping me. It's almost or like. like uh, do, you, do you guys see the movie Her with uh, uh-uh. Jacqueline Phoenix? It's about no. a. Um, it's a slightly in the future uh, AI that's like. I'm sorry. Who? Jacqueline Phoenix. Is that how you? Is that a joke or is that how you really say it? Like because that's not how you say his name. I don't know. How are you supposed to say it? Joaquin. Joaquin. Oh, yeah. Duh. Joaquin. <laughs> Listen, you said that the other day, actually. Like, it might have been when we were in the car or something. I think I, I think know. I always said that as a silly way. and just not. I, I don't really think of saying it the other way. Joaquin. Well, what was said, Ellie's anyway. word? Huh? Um, what was Ellie's word? Minuscule. Minuscule. <laughs> Minuscule. Minuscule anyway, and so, Joaquin. <laughs> okay. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix in uh, her. It's So, uh, it's an AI that, like... Uh, which this was a couple of years ago when AI wasn't even like a, uh, as big of a thing as it is like today, which is weird that ha- how fast it happened. But it's Scarlett Johansson is like the voice of this a- AI, and like she, you know, manages all his emails and she's doing things for him. It's like a like a task rabbit, but like in his head, basically in his little earpiece. Mm-hmm. And like he eventually falls in love with his AI, and everyone else kind of falls in love with their AI. But like he gets to the point, he's like, well, like how many other people are you talking to right now? And she's like. 
um, like 3000 because it's just mm. a computer, like a computer could mm -hmm. have multiple processes, but like he was in the mindset that this was like a real person. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't think a uh, therapist would be texting 3000 people simultaneously, but it'd probably be easy to have a conversation with like three people at the same time. Like I could have three windows of different chats going on at the same time. I don't know. So, AI is pretty um, intense. I wouldn't be surprised if some of those texts are just a robot texting you back. Oh, that sure might just be the cynicism coming through in me. Come but. back next week for how AI is going to ruin our society. Yeah. <laughs> on that note. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> smash, that, we, smash that like button. There you go, Ellie. I, we can't close without smashing the like button. Smash that subscribe button, yo. You got to listen to us yo. weekly and sometimes not weekly because sometimes we don't have episodes. But it's Tell a surprise. What, first person that's not in this in this virtual room that tells me that in person that they listen to this episode gets $5. Five dollars. $5? That's it? Make it. You have to tell John that you smashed that subscribe button. In person, though. In person. In person. All right, $20. $20 if you told me that you listened to it and smashed the subscribe button. Oh, nice. First person only. Boom. Boom. I'm cool. pretty sure the $20 is safe in my wallet, but I'm going to have it Probably. with me just in case. Yes. All right. Peace and chicken grease. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Oh, Here's a Little Marketing for You, a podcast written and produced by Shout It Out Design. Our theme song is Kill the Sun by the Cincinnati-based band Motherfolk. Tune in weekly for new episodes.